Hey, Wales. <laughs> Stop calling me that. Um, what's good? What's good? <sighs> you know, just day-to-day school life. Senioritis hit me like a brick. Like, oh, it's so awful. Senioritis. Yeah, I've been, like, getting a little bit of that this week, too. But apparently there's only, like, five, six, six weeks, weeks left Six weeks left. There's six weeks left. But, like, I don't know. I see the light. You know, we're almost there, so... <laughs> That's what's pushing me forward. How's, yeah. How was the how was the dram concert for you? Drum. Drum. Um, it was pretty smooth. I was surprised none of the artists canceled, so that was a good thing. <laughs> um Princess Nokia, she was a opener. She really held it down. She actually like do you, were you there for her whole performance? I was there. I got there in the middle of her set, which mm. was so annoying because I definitely wanted to see it. No, it was pretty sweet. She, like, in the middle had this, like, poem about, like, black and, black and brown woman empowerment, and it was really beautiful. Um, Rob Stone came on next and, like, really turned the crowd up. Like, he jumped into the crowd. He was, like, performing. <laughs> Everyone was, like, vibing. It was great. When did he jump into the crowd? Well, he didn't jump in. He was, like, in the crowd, like, in the audience, just, like, rapping like for like two songs and everyone's like oh where hey that's yeah. pretty cool and then drum came on and he i, I liked his set because he switched from like really high energy songs and then he would like sing and like he's a really really good singer um so it was beautiful to hear and i was just like on the balcony watching everyone like we did that so hey yeah i had fun i What's what was Rob Stone's last song? His like really Chill popular Bill. song, Chill Bill, or Kill Bill, or something Chill, like that. Chill Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that song's really good. People were jumping all around. Um, I thought it was really funny how you could tell some people didn't know that drum also does R and B. Right. They thought like, that Whoa. it was just gonna be jump around, cha cha the whole time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so there were like a couple, just like. A bratty looking guys next to me yeah. ready to jump around that like and they're like whoa what like, are we sent uh, up <laughs> i think he did did he do caretaker um yeah, yeah. i love caretaker smooth, smooth. we gotta get stiz up in here next time as possible hey. you know it's all a secret <laughs> keep it under wraps until next semester um yeah that's yeah. pretty smooth and then Thursday, I uh, went to Strictly Funk, which is amazing. That audio-visual, like, experience, they, they literally should just call it that, like, audio-visual experience, because the lighting, <laughs> the dancing, the music all come together in this amazing performance. Like, homie Araba, like, danced beautifully. Who is also practically in every dance. She, I don't know how she does it, man. Yeah, she's just incredible, like... Back to back to back. I'm like, whoa, you're like on star stage again. Star in the film, star in the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she also did the uh, videos, like edited shot oh and everything. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I was front row, so I like really get to see up close. Um, um, what? When I was there, <laughs> it was just a lot of rows were reserved for family and stuff. Yeah. And we were like, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. We're family, we're family. <laughs> yeah, no, you really had to be like, I was with Friars, so that was like, 
was the plug. Um, shout out to Fries. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty smooth. There's like a couple alumni homecoming things. There's like a Sphinx at Friars thing. It was cool. Um, there's an AR brunch. There's a sister sister brunch. It was just a lot of free food. Just amazing. So much free food. I also did the classic little homecoming day party thing mm, for the mm, first time mm. in a long time. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I was really doing it. Um, so that was interesting. And then you and just, like, crashed and then crashed. fell asleep and didn't do anything afterwards. Um, I saw funk. I made. I rallied so hard for funk. Um, and, yeah, so I rallied for funk, crashed after that. But, I mean, it was interesting being at a, like, classic pen day party type thing. What, um, which which frat was it? PiCap? Uh, PiCap, like, whatever one has, like, a huge backyard, like, I don't know, 4K4. But, because um, it's, like, so jarring being back in that environment where someone's, like, who do you know? Well, not, like, who do you know, <laughs> but, like... No one's getting in. Like, take, take a, a lap. lap. Take a lap. <laughs> I just, I always felt so disrespected. Like, as a freshman, them saying, take a lap. Like, who are you to tell me to take a lap and come back? Like, I'm not coming And to it's your also party. such a crazy little social experiment because everyone is aware of the fact that they are being, like, completely disrespected right now. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, still trying to go to that party. Right. I mean, luckily, we weren't really dealing with situations like that to the nth degree as they I've seen before Mm -hmm. but it was still just really jarring to be back in that environment and think like wow people really go through this every weekend some people especially towards the beginning of freshman towards the beginning of the year which we still kind of are yeah Um, I I was actually just talking to some freshmen I was like you know you guys don't have to go to those parties right like you can just create your own spaces with your friends and get to know them a little bit better like have kickbacks in your like a little quad room and like chill like you don't have to go to those parties like it's just this mentality like let's go out let's go out let's go out like not necessary whatsoever I actually would advise against it because are you really having fun yeah (laughs) and I don't know I think though during freshman year there wasn't much of an option outside of that I remember like really wanting there to be a house party scene that I could go to but not really knowing enough people for that but, I mean, yeah, I feel really glad that we can throw our own stuff these days and have, like, order all the homies over it. No, not order, but... Yeah, just, like, come through, fam. Yeah, like, control the music. Right, like, that's that's definitely a preferred space to be in where it's just, like, people you know, people you like, people, you know, you're going to have a good time with no matter what. Um I think that's just something that I've learned throughout Penn, without a doubt. Just, like, don't go to a frat party. White, <laughs> white frat parties, black frat parties, neither one of them. Yeah, black frat parties I can only do when it's outdoors and it's not going to be, like, a sweaty box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, no, no shade. Like, I, you know, we, like, love the people who are in the the fraternities, but, like, we don't like your parties. <laughs> <laughs> um, lol um but 
Yeah, I mean, it was still a fun weekend, and it was super dope, though. We got to see a lot of live music and stuff, which yeah. we'll talk about later when Alejandro comes on the show, um, because he is um, a really talented musician and involved in... So many like, different things. Yeah, so many different musical communities. He's the kind of guy who's going to bring drums, like, on Wherever. his back to some place outdoors or something and, like, mm-hmm. make friends with people at the park and play. And, like, right. it's just really mm-hmm. cool and interesting and different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so he'll come through and tell us more about what he's up to. Yeah. I was also just... It kind of reminded me of, like, this weekend was so beautiful. And then I was like, what are some, like, really cool places to be on campus? Like, to do work, just to, like, be on your own and just, like, study or whatever. So what are some places that you think are cool on campus to be at? Um, okay, I think that people downplay the writer's house. Like, it sounds as though people, like, it sounds kind of obvious to say, oh, yeah, the writer's house, because a lot of people know what it is do and they? know where it is. Cause I feel, no, it I don't think It has, like, do. a sign, and you can see it and stuff. But mm-hmm. just, like, come in, sit down. There's food and interesting people and so tea. many events. And on the second floor, there's this big, like, beanbag chair <laughs> in one of the rooms in the back. They also have a lot of computers um, that people can use and... Stuff like that. It's Kelly's like writers. a lot of little nooks. Yeah, definitely the writer's house. I really like Civic House. I like I like spaces that are cozy and that it doesn't feel like pretentious or like people are gonna stress me out just because they're doing so much work. I like I also really like the spec office, but that's like exclusive. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so yeah, those would be my top Kelly Spec and Civic House. Yeah, I mean Upstairs Houston Hall, I'm no. kind of into it. <laughs> Those big floor. comfy chairs. I mean, okay, this was one of my biggest problems um, when I came to Penn, that there's no place to really, like, nap, nap on campus. Because in high school, there were definitely a couple of couches that were completely socially acceptable to just, like, curl up and, like, take a nap. I mean, like, in Van Pelt, people sleep on the sixth floor, I know the women's center, people take naps in, like, the baby room in the back. <laughs> the baby room. <laughs> I've um, never seen that. I should check that out. <laughs> um, where else? I don't know. I guess you could just I mean, really sleep anywhere. You could nap anywhere. on the beanbag chair in the upstairs Kelly Rider's house. You can sleep anywhere, honestly. No, no. This is not a sleep anywhere school culture. Word. Well, next up we have Alejandro coming to join us to talk a little bit about his experience in the music scene at Penn, outside of Penn, and we're looking forward to it. And just to give you guys a taste of the kind of music that Alejandro makes, we're going to interlude with a live recording of his new band, Omar's Hat, that plays up on 45th and Locust Thursday nights at Mescara.
Hey guys, today we have Alejandro here today, our good friend, musician, and overall beautiful human being. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you just like give the people a little <laughs> intro of who you are before we talk about like what you're up to on campus and stuff. Cool. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. Um, I remember telling my roommates, I was like, what? So I'm in the cut now? Is that what that means? <laughs> okay. <laughs> my name is Alejandro. Um, I'm a senior now at Penn. I met uh, both Tay and Stephanie through African Rhythms, Drum and Dance. Hey. 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 Um, I think you I... met me first, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that? Are you guys gonna... We joined at the same time. Okay, whatever. But she walked in the room first. Yeah. I think that's what she's trying to say. She's trying to claim that. Mm, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I joined I joined AR uh, as the impulsive freshman, like the day after I saw them play FPAN, because um, I, I kind of knew it's exactly what I was looking for when mm -hmm. I started. Um, why? Um, I've been playing music basically my whole life. Uh, I started like in the neighborhood the old lady teaching me piano kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I learned sax, uh, guitar, bass guitar, and then right leaving high school, I started to try percussion, knowing that I'd always wanted to play the drums. I'd always been interested in rhythm and things like that. So when I come to Penn and I see this, I thought, okay, this could be a cool application. But why African rhythms? Why world music? Why things like that? Mm. My family is from Colombia and from Nicaragua. My dad's a diplomat, so I grew up in like five different everywhere. countries everywhere <laughs> everywhere yeah yeah and <laughs> my parents just always had this amazing music from all different kinds of places and cultures and styles mm. me growing up so i feel like my musical education was always really broad so for me there's no such thing as world music it was just one more it was just music mm -hmm. no it was music um what kind of drums were you playing in high school uh, so in high school, I was living in Brasilia, Brazil, the capital, and uh, I was in the jazz band playing alto sax, mm. but I also had like a rock band on the side, like just, you know, indie high school rock band. Mm. And my drummer, <laughs> my drummer left his set at my house, like, because that's where we would rehearse. Mm -hmm. So I'd just come home from school and just make Play. a lot of noise. And mm. it was the drum set that I started playing on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then only like a very rare couple of times, the the music teacher at my school would have us learn samba and do like samba percussion. And okay. that group of percussion instruments is called the batucada collectively. Batucada means like the drum battery, right? Mm. So um, in AR, for example, our instructor the first year said, this is an orchestra, it's not a drum circle. It's not this, this is an orchestra. It's a right. collective of different instruments, right? So in Brazil for samba, that's batucada. Um, and yeah, I, I'd been to Carnival. I've even danced in Carnival, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're a great dancer, Alejandro. Okay, okay. Well, they can't see that. <laughs> They'll just hear. They won't see. But <laughs> um, So what do you think about like the music community here at Penn? Like, I know that African Rhythms is an amazing space um, at, for community, but also music and a like great group of people. But like... What about, like, outside of African rhythms? Have you been able to, like, connect with people that are interested in a similar kind of, like, um, like I guess, Vibe. more worldly <laughs> music? <laughs> well, it's interesting for two reasons. I mean, one is that I'm not in AR at the moment. I left AR last year, 
I'm uh, precisely to try to make my own things musically and just want to play more music by myself at home, mm -hmm. write more, record more, but also see if I could try to create a group. And I'm doing that right now. Mm -hmm. I'm what's trying your, to... What's your group called? Well, that's a, that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the group you're, you're trying to talk about is currently called Omar's Hat. <laughs> um, it's a group of jazz musicians here at Penn, um, including my roommate Isaac Silber, who is now an alum. Who's um, also in AR. Who's a, who, oh, we also met in AR, yeah. Phenomenal drummer. Uh, Max Honig, who's a keyboard player, amazing, from Philly, uh, music student. Um, Vincent Jones and Elan Gold on sax and bass. Um, and everyone either went to Penn or goes to Penn, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So we have from sophomores up to class of 2015. Like, it's kind of all the ranges of ages. Mm -hmm. And all of them but me have gone through the the Penn Jazz Music Program as well as participating in the Penn Jazz, you know, ensemble. Mm -hmm. So that's been really cool to to come from, like, a totally different perspective inside a musically. Different space, yeah. Yeah. And that started just, you know, um, Isaac is working at uh, the Greenfield Intercultural Center, mm -hmm. and they had an inauguration just last week, actually, for this uh, really important and uh, amazing new program, uh, the First Generation Low Income Program. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Is that is that also within the GIC, or is it a separate right. building? It's, it's separate, but, like, the GIC is sponsoring that. Okay. As, that's what I understand. The GIC is sort of like the just mobilizing the resources and things like okay. that. So it's currently there, yes. Um, so for that inauguration, the organizers were like, oh, Isaac, yeah, we need some music or something. So instead of saying, oh, I, I can see what what I can find online to play or who mm. we can talk to, you said, all right, I'm going to make a band and bring the band to play That's for Isaac for you. That's <laughs> Isaac for you, yeah. That's Isaac for you. So he comes home, he's like, hey, what do you think we just get some people together and... and play this jazz mm -hmm. set i said well i've never played jazz on conga before really but i'm down like whatever <laughs> and you know we had one rehearsal and then there we were uh played two hours for that scene which included like the vice provost and things like that and a lot of our friends and some of our professors were just walking in and it was kind of funny nice and then <laughs> that same night we had our other first gig so we had one rehearsal on a monday night after deciding to do it on, like, a Saturday night. And then that Thursday, we had four hours of performance mm. for our first time. The second gig was at 45th and Locust, where I live, um, at a bar called Meskarim, which is an Ethiopian bar. Um, and... That was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> really cool. yeah, we should just add our two cents. We kind of just... Like, went off of a whim. We were just like, let's go check out, like, Alejandro and Isaac's new band. And it was like, the vibes were there. Totally. Just, like, a lot of improvisation and people singing. Tay actually went up to the mic and started, <laughs> and started singing. Okay, so what happened was, so they started playing Afro For Blue. Blue. And then... They were, there was an open mic, and it was just sort of <laughs> Everyone like, was coming up oh, to the people mic. people were coming up to the mic. Then someone went up to the mic who didn't really know. Oh, Jamil. He was, like, a great <laughs> singer, but he was like, I don't really know the lyrics to this. So they were like, oh, let's move on. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, we got to do Afro Blue. <laughs> but, yeah, that was super fun. Really and, like, a lot of people. And I like how it was a diverse, like, group of pen people that were around yeah. but also it was just like such an intimate space uh, we've really felt like connected with the music and everything that was happening 
It was beautiful. I liked it a lot. I mean, for me as a musician, it's super exciting because it's a space I haven't really played in before. Like I've played, you know, the high school auditorium. I've mm-hmm. played in my bedroom. I've mm-hmm. played Zellerbach. I've played Iron Gate. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Larger spaces, um, but not a bar. And it's a small bar. It's a Very cozy small. bar. You know. It's funny because this week we asked for them to turn the lights down a little bit, make it look a little cooler. But that time it just looked like someone's living room. The lights were all on. Yeah. You know? um, people were, people were in the back having dinner. Um, some of the older men were like, what's this crowd here happening? So they got up and left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> we should have stayed. Yeah. It was a good time. But starting this summer, living with Isaac and uh, Jack LaViolette, another Penn Jazz alum on keyboard, we went to some open mics uh, at the Lock on Baltimore that mm. that Max and his other band Max is like eight different bands shout out to Max he's a beast <laughs> yeah Matt. Um, so his band was was basically doing what we're trying to do now at this current bar that they were like the house band and mm-hmm. then they would host some open mics so I'd, I'd show up with my literally I, I put a bunch of these small different percussion instruments maracas shaker clave guido pandero all these different things in a laundry bag <laughs> on one shoulder and the Kong on the other and I'd show up with Isaac and just we'd we'd play and so it's really mm. exciting that that happened only a couple of times only a couple months ago and somehow now I'm on the other side where we're potentially having a weekly paid gig at this spot um, so it's fantastic and definitely mm. come through both oh, of you of course of bring course. friends mm-hmm. listeners come That's through <laughs> we already uh, planned out our, our semester awesome. yeah we were saying it could also be a cool place to just like Take Potential Bay, like, casual, little, like, of oh, course. my friends are really cool musicians. My friends are in this band, like, I'm Let's cool in association. <laughs> Potential Bay, if you're listening, <laughs> go to these shows. Mm. And Alice Potential Bay, I'm a cool musician, come watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about uh, the other gig you guys had on Saturday, or Friday, last Friday. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't play in that one. Yeah, you did. Um, a little bit. A little bit. End. A little bit. I wasn't supposed to. I, like, I wasn't invited. But all of these, <laughs> all I mean, all of these kind of performances attract a lot of musicians, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of these smaller shows are people who you know, right? Right. So the mic opens up at some point, planned or unplanned, right? And at this particular gig, it wasn't planned, but that's what happened. Mm. So the gig was 8 p.m. to midnight, organized by um, Soraya. I think her last name is Nicole, so Ryan Nicole, <laughs> an amazing singer. She'll be here tonight. She's She works with Max um, Hone. And so um, I met her because she... She's going to be at Mescara tonight? Mescarim tonight, yeah. Mescarim. Mescarim tonight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., which is wild. That's mm-hmm. a long time. <laughs> Take a break, yeah. No, yeah, we will, we will. But anyway, so this gig was organized by Soraya, um, featuring all these different bands of friends or people she knows and things like that, and people who have all collaborated together. Mm-hmm. And as I said, they rehearse at our house um, because Isaac is playing percussion for that uh, particular lineup. And their show was in Southwest, um, 52nd and Grace Ferry in a literal warehouse. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> we, me, Tay, and uh, Tashay were actually like in Chinatown like eating dumplings and 
You're like, yo, come through. We took an Uber to 52nd and Gerard, and the Uber driver was like, (laughs) the Uber driver was like, do you guys like know like where you're going? We're like, no, but like it's fine. We'll hop out here. (laughs) It's desolate. So we like go into, we just like walk into the story. We're like walking up the stairs, and it's like very quiet. It's dead silent actually, and it's Halloween, so it was like a spooky vibe. We're like, where are we going? Like it was cold. It was was cold, cold. and we were like kind of frightened. Yeah. Yeah, and I loved how there were. There wasn't really anything directing you to mm-hmm. where it was. We were just like walking Aimlessly. up the stairs in this abandoned building. Like, <laughs> hopefully, this is right. <laughs> but um, like, then yeah. we like walked through, went through the um, the room, and like heard all the music, and it was lovely. It was great. I loved that at the end when it did open up into an open mic. It was also just like. Everyone was just dancing, dancing around the room and like it just felt it very, was very like, free genuine. energy and um someone did like music soul child at some point. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> And maybe I can call you up sometime. Yeah. And maybe I can take you out. I think um, I think that was Souf. Oh yeah, was, we was singing tonight. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna be yeah. there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so sweet. tonight is our band, which like I said, currently is called Omar's Hat, probably gonna change. Mm-hmm. Um Named after the famous Omar, who lives on 45th and Locust. Um, and then one of the sets is going to be Souf's band, which is called uh, Nothing Major. Nothing Major Music. Mm. So that's Nothing Major with no vowels in it. Mm. You can look that up. Yeah, um, we're definitely going to come through. We're going to a film screening, Moonlight, actually, at 9. And then afterwards, we're just going to yeah. come over. Um, um, I have also, a question. Oh, sorry. And then question. But when... I was listening to you guys last Thursday. It reminded me so much of the jazz bars that I went to in Sao Paulo. Yeah? Um, wow. Because, <laughs> I guess because there was conga involved and the instruments were not just like your straight classical ja- American right. jazz um, vibe. And it was definitely funkier and like made you want to dance more mm-hmm. compared to some jazz that like makes you want to like drive around in the rain and like <laughs> take a nap or something <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah i was gonna ask wow. is would you say the music scene in philadelphia is like pretty um close like would you say that you know a lot of the different musicians in philly that's a huge ask for me because i feel like i'm a baby in the scene and i've just mm-hmm. begun to dip one of my feet into one part of the scene, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the question you need to ask a guy like Max, you know? Mm. Um, but Well, you're getting to know some of the people. Yeah, I'm getting to know. And it is it's it is interesting to see how quickly I'm being able to meet different people mm-hmm. by kind of impulsively, I'll be honest, going to these different shows and just me kind of being me, just talking to people, asking them what's up, ha- having people meet each other. Um but uh, it does seem that among like the younger jazz scene, among the younger music scene, there is a strong group of people, strong community of people that are always working with each other. Because mm-hmm. especially now with uh, social media and the ease of things like that and, and the way that uh, we record and produce and consume things online, there's a lot of collaboration happening between different young musicians trying to get projects going. Mm-hmm. So that automatically lends itself well to community, to sharing, to communication. So... I think to be able to tap into different corners of this kind of web of young musicians, you can you can start to see a bigger picture. Mm. And once again, <laughs> I'm not the person to give this answer, so it's it's cool to to just be at the beginning of that. 
Where should people who want to get involved with this community, what would be a cool place for them to start? Honestly, I think find someone who who's already involved, hmm. right? So like word of mouth. Word of mouth. Or, I mean, if you know a friend who, who plays music, ask them if they perform in public. Ask them where. And it's as simple as, as showing up and talking to people and asking. And if you're at a level um, instrumentally that you can just jump in an open mic or sit in with a band, that's how it goes. You know, do that. Um, but then, of course, you need to know where they are, where they're happening, things like that. So it's really, I mean, it's really as simple as, yeah, word of mouth, Facebook, you know. Like, we're doing a good job of making events of these kind of things and inviting people to mm -hmm. come out. And I'm just really excited to see how this plays out in terms of even you two sitting here at the table, mm -hmm. you know, with poetry, with percussion, with radio, other things. If you come tonight, for example, who's to say you're not going to meet some really interesting singers tonight, some poets, some musicians, some things like that. Mm. And you guys might go off and start your own thing down the road. And that's just really exciting. Definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Ale, for coming through, man. Yeah, dropping some knowledge. We will catch you tonight, and other people should come through to Mascaram on Thursdays, too. Yeah, Mascaram isn't in the cut anymore, sadly, now that it's in the, on the podcast. But... <laughs> yeah. Or now that it is, yeah. it can still be popping <laughs> in the cut. I will make one plug since I have the mic. Can I do that? Of yeah. course. That? Well, you were starting to ask me about musical spaces at Penn mm -hmm. and music culture at Penn outside of AR. And Speaking of AR, our show's coming up, plug, next week, 11th mm -hmm. and 12th. What's it called? Um, from Bokeh to Bombay. Um, it's a collab with Penn Atma. It's South Asian acapella group. Fantastic. So. At, at Iron Gate? Iron Gate. Okay, I'll be there and so will you, friendly listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were going to plug something? I was going to plug something. But I was saying that in addition to this Omar's hat thing, which kind of took off randomly and very vigorously. Yeah, yeah, but powerfully um, and with some luck. I'm trying to organize a group of Latin musicians. Mm. Not necessarily Latin musicians, but people who want to play Latin music. Okay. Um, of a wide variety, you know. And this kind of, I started thinking about this when African Rhythms collabed with On the Latina, mm. that it would have been a perfect opportunity to play live Latin music, you know? Live Latin dance music, specifically. And then, that it wasn't really in the cards with the group of musicians we had. I wasn't really ready to go off and organize my own thing. But I've been thinking about that more and more since I left AR. And I've met a couple of people, including, uh, you know, Johnny Rizari of La Casa, who, who want to organize this, you know, be it musicians or, or administrators who would be interested in making, like, a space for Latin music. Because mm -hmm. I joined AR not because I graduated high school thinking, wow, I would love to play djembe and West African music. Mm -hmm. No, I wanted to play some kind of music of some culture that I had an affinity with. I, I, I mm -hmm. lived seven years in Zimbabwe and Mozambique. No. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> same, same. But, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, you went to the same but, high school as Kru, though, right? <laughs> I went to the same middle school as Kru. Yeah, mm -hmm. Kevin Rugamba. Although we never he's met. He's a legend. He's a legend. We never met. Because he left like a month before I moved in. Mm. And I remember people saying, oh, Kevin, Kevin, this, Kevin, that. Um, and he, there was like a poster in my drama classroom, uh, like all the years shows before, and Kevin was on there and had the name <laughs> Kevin. And I was like, oh, I wonder who this Kevin guy is. And then freshman NSO, 
I go to PASA, actually, the Pan-African Student Association. They had an open mic. Wow, <laughs> funny how things go full circle. They had an open mic, and I showed up with, with some drums, and we sang and stuff, and I met Kevin there. And I added him on Facebook right then, and we had, like, 100 mutual friends already. I said, what the hell? <laughs> Mozambique. But anyway, like, the most natural progression for me musically and in terms of my identity is to make Latin music and, like, mm-hmm. unite people and organize people to do that kind of stuff, to learn more myself. Because me, I, my go-to is probably, like, Carlos Vives from Colombia, you know, which is what I grew up listening to at home. Um, and also samba and things like that, but also increasingly folklore and especially Afro-Latin music and percussion in Latin music. And then on the other side, completely, you have, like, DJs, like Latin DJs doing really fascinating stuff mm-hmm. with Afro, Afro-Latin Afro beats and things like mm-hmm. that. Who mm-hmm. are a couple um, of those DJs? Uh, I'm blanking right now. <laughs> Who's the one you just told me about, uh... The um, house, oh wait, that was a house one. That's, right? Yeah, that's South African house music, which is also fantastic. Um, but in terms of, I think the most exciting like act in, oh, I remember now, sorry. Uh, <laughs> there's a Colombian group called Sistema Solar. So like System Solar with a Y and everything, but with an A, Sistema Solar. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to check them out. Yeah, check them out. This podcast is over. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's actually features musicians from all different regions of Colombia too which is precisely taking kind of like European influence, electronic music, and the literal instruments. It's not samples, literal Afro-Colombian percussion from the coastal regions. Right. So I like them a lot. Um, Bomba Stereo is another really good example. So that's a bomb with an A at the end, Bomba Estereo. Um, mm. Not in electronic music per se, but in this kind of modern fusions of rock electronic music latin rhythms so mm. there's just so much out there yeah. and i've been doing it for so long in the headphones mm-hmm. and randomly at night on guitar and i just want to i just want to get out there yeah i'm excited so if you're interested too let me know yeah, yeah. Can start awesome and i also really like that it might be the kind of setup you were describing that like the audience would be able to just dance and stuff instead of sitting down yeah mm-hmm. that sounds yeah. really cool yeah and awesome. i can imagine you know well isaac has already talked about using the gic as his potential space mm. and like to start in these small kind of spaces where the 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 Intimate. the wall between who's an audience member who's a performer, who's dancing, who's singing, where that kind of reduces and everyone can kind of make something together. Mm. So that's what you guys are describing at Mescarim. That's a good sign. That's, that's beautiful. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming out. We really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you. This was In The Cut, hosted by me, Stephanie Hodges, and Taylor Hosking. We were edited and produced by Joyce Varma. This podcast was brought to you by The Daily Pennsylvanian. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode.